0: The Gospel of St. John, Chapter 5. Glory be to you, O Lord. Jesus says, Amen. Amen, I tell you, a time is coming and is here now, when the dead will hear the voice of the Son of God, and those who listen will live. For just as the Father has life in himself, so also he has granted the Son to have life in himself. And he has given him authority to execute judgment because he is the Son of Man. Do not be amazed at this, for a time is coming when all who are in their graves will hear his voice and will come out. Those who have done good will rise to live, but those who have practiced evil will rise to be condemned. I can do nothing at all on my own. I judge only as I hear, and my judgment is just, for I do not seek my own will, but the will of him who sent me. The Gospel of our Lord. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, Amen. Most people don't like even the idea of being judged, which may explain why year after year when Americans are surveyed things they fear the most, activities dominate the top of the list that would naturally bring a person into the judgment of other people. Activities like public speaking, The thought of getting up in front of other people and talking to them, even if they're not trying to judge you, they're not judging people, it's just automatically going to happen. They're going to be evaluating the way you look, the way you sound, your intellect. And so the Mayo Clinic estimates that about 40% of Americans would be diagnosed with glossophobia, a paralyzing fear of speaking in public. And it's maybe just a little surprising the percentage isn't higher than that. This fear of judgment might be why otherwise calm, rational employees become irritable and edgy around the time for their annual review. Just the idea of having to sit across from a boss, a supervisor, and be judged. This is what you're doing well. This is where you need to improve. Turns people into a nervous wreck. Scary thing. It also makes it amazing when I flip through the TV stations. I don't really watch these shows, but I see them. Singing competitions, dancing competitions, where people get up on a stage and willingly enter into the judgment of music icons and ballroom dancing experts. And not just those three judges, but they they know that this competition is getting beamed into millions of living rooms all over the world. They're being judged by total strangers everywhere. And it's like they're eager for it. They want that, that judgment and they thrive on it. So what about you? Are you among the big majority of human beings that are afraid to be judged and maybe even resent it a little bit? Or are you in that smaller category of people who embrace it, even look forward to it? That's a really important question, not so much as it relates to public speaking and televised talent competitions, but as it relates to the judgment on the last day. Most people who believe that such a day is coming are not looking forward to it. They are afraid of it. Some people cope with it by convincing themselves that the day is never going to come. They are never going to stand before God and get judged. See, if you eliminate that day, then you don't have anything to worry about anymore, except you still do, and deep down inside, they do too. Um, Even Christians sometimes, people who have been taught better They have learned better. Even Christians live with some amount of fear and loathing of the day of judgment that is coming because the thought of standing before God who knows everything, who sees everything, and whose standards for our lives could not be firmer or higher is really scary. And then right behind that fear there comes naturally guilt. What about these things that I said? What about this thing that I did? What about the time I saw somebody who needed help and I just let them sit there and suffer? So first there's fear and then there's guilt and then comes round two of the fear. Because if God is holy and he knows everything and I've done these rotten things in my life, what outcome can there possibly be in God's courtroom? How could the verdict end up being anything other than you're doomed, you're guilty, and you're going to be punished for it? So... Even Christians in their hearts have this this fear of God's judgment lurking. And today, our Savior Jesus tells us, don't be afraid of standing in front of God on Judgment Day. Judgment Day for you, who are in Christ, is something to look forward to. It is something to embrace. And Jesus tells us why today. For you, the judgment of God is nothing to fear because... Jesus Christ has already raised you up once. He has already raised you to life once, and because he has, on the last day, he is going to raise you up again, not to die, not to be condemned, but to live, and to live forever in heaven. And Jesus speaks first today about the first resurrection. He says, a time is coming and is here now. When the dead will hear the voice of the Son of God and those who listen will live. So this is the first resurrection at the hands of Jesus Christ. And notice, Jesus said these resurrections were already happening then. Already, 2,000 years ago, Jesus was raising people to life. Without raising physical bodies out of physical graves, he was raising people from the dead. This is the resurrection that happens when Jesus raises to life a soul that is buried in sin and guilt. This is the resurrection that happens when a little baby is washed clean in the waters of baptism. The Holy Spirit puts faith in that child's heart and links that kid to what Jesus did for the child. This is the resurrection that happens when a sinful person hears that God loves the whole world and loves them personally and sent his son to save them, and believes it. This is the resurrection that happens when a guilty person hears that all of their punishment for all of their sin can be laid at the foot of Jesus' cross because he took all of that punishment on himself. In short, this is the spiritual resurrection that happens every time someone hears about forgiveness and salvation in Christ and believes it. At that very moment, Jesus raises them from spiritual death to spiritual life, these resurrections were happening two thousand years ago. People were hearing the Son of God preach about pardon and peace in the kingdom of God. They were believing it, coming to life in their souls. And these resurrections are still happening today, every day, all over the world, thousands and thousands, men and women, girls and boys, hearing the good news of Jesus, believing it, rising to life spiritually. And what is this? first resurrection to faith, how does this connect to what is going to happen to you on Judgment Day? The first resurrection means that when you rise on Judgment Day, you are going to rise not to death, but to life and to live forever. Because when you rise on that day, you are going to be standing with Jesus Christ by faith. He is going to be standing with you. And he is going to be there with you in God's courtroom on Judgment Day to defend you, And to save you. So your resurrection is going to be a glorious resurrection to life. Jesus promises this. He says, Do not be amazed at this, for a time is coming when all who are in their graves will hear his voice and will come out. Those who have done good will rise to live, but those who have practiced evil will rise to be condemned. You are going to rise again, and you are going to rise to live. Jesus calls you one of those who have done good who is going to rise to life. And at first, that may strike you as a very work-righteous-sounding statement. And it is a work-righteous-sounding statement if you lift it out and isolate it from its context. Because in the verse immediately before this gospel, Jesus said, I tell you the truth, whoever hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life and will not be condemned. He has crossed over from death to life. It's faith in Jesus that saves, and the Bible teaches that only those who have faith in Jesus can do good in God's eyes. Through faith in Jesus, God sees only good in you and me, the perfectly good life of his Son, and all of the good works that we do in faith. So when the Bible uses the term, those who do good, it's another way of saying believer. And on the last day, our good works will be proof of our faith, and they will be rewarded. On the other hand, the Bible also teaches that those who do not believe in Christ cannot do anything good in God's eyes. And I want to clarify this. There's the way you and I see things. There's our perspective. We look out and we see non-Christians doing all kinds of good things in the world and we think of them as good and we call them good and we see them good and to us, they are good. But God has a different perspective than us. And in his word, he says, without faith... It is impossible to please God. So when Jesus says those who practice evil, it's just another way of saying an unbeliever. And this is the sad part of the last day. This is the sad reality that anyone who was not part of the first resurrection, anyone who did not come to faith in Christ and stay in faith, they are going to rise too. Jesus says everybody's coming out of their grave, but they're not going to rise to live. They will rise to pass from one death to another. And sadly, Scripture also says that will be the case for the majority of humankind. But not for anybody who is in that first resurrection, who trusts in Jesus as their Savior. He will be standing with us in God's courtroom, and he will be there to defend us. So we will win on that day. Some years ago, when I was living back in that part of the country, I followed a court case that was very interesting to me. Uh, two men were suing PepsiCo in Washington County, Wisconsin. Because in 1981, these two men heard that some executives from Pepsi were visiting their bottling plant in Watertown, Wisconsin. These two guys walked in off the street and said, we have an idea we'd like you to hear. And they presented these executives from Pepsi with an idea to put water, plain water, into disposable plastic bottles and sell it for money. And those executives laughed them out of the building because who in their right mind would pay money for water in a disposable bottle? 20 years later, around the turn of the century, the bottled water industry was exploding and Pepsi started its own brand called Aquafina. And these two men sued Pepsi in court, claiming that Pepsi stole their idea and they were entitled to all of the profits ever from Aquafina. Now that case was very flimsy for a couple of reasons. First of all, Pepsi didn't act on the idea for 20 years. And secondly, all kinds of other companies had already started bottling water by that time. But the lawsuit went forward, and you won't believe what happened. On the day of the trial, Pepsi, an international corporation, which must have hundreds of lawyers that it employs, sent no one to argue the case. The summons got lost in a stack of paperwork, and those two men were awarded $1,260,000,000. And the moral of the story is, if you are accused of something in court, you better have someone there to represent you. If you don't, you're going to lose, and you're going to lose big. And this is the basic difference between an unbeliever and a believer on the last day. Unbelievers have no one there to defend them. Every accusation Satan throws at them is going to stick. You and I, however, will have Jesus there with us. And Satan, whose name means accuser or prosecutor, he can throw at us all kinds of accusations that are technically true. And they make us deserve death just as much as anybody else. But not a single one of them is going to stick stick to us. We are going to win because far from having no lawyer in God's courtroom, we're going to have the greatest defense attorney ever. We are going to have the defense attorney who loves his clients so much that he laid down his life and took it up again to clear them from every charge and every accusation. The one defending us will be the one who already took the punishment for everything that we have done wrong. And here's the sweetest part of the whole deal. The one defending us in God's courtroom will also be the one judging us. Jesus says, He, the Father, has given him, Jesus, the authority to judge because he is the Son of Man. I judge. My judgment is just. So follow this now. Jesus, who's defending you, is also judging you. I don't know a lot about the law, but if I were in court and the guy defending me were also the judge, which I don't even think would be allowed because it's a pretty bad conflict of interest, but I would feel pretty good about how things were going to turn out for me in that case. And that is exactly the situation we will be in on the last day. We can't lose because we have Jesus there with us, defending us and judging us. As you look ahead to that day of judgment, don't be afraid. Don't look ahead to that day with any kind of worry or fear. As a Christian, you can look forward to it and embrace it. Jesus has raised you to life once in faith. On the last day, he's going to raise you to live. Amen.